Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World in this 2020, the year of perfect vision. This program comes your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times. That's all Pacific, by the way. But you can forget about time zones when you go listening to the podcasts because they're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Blueberry, Player FM, and a whole lot of other locations that we encourage you to check out. We also thank those of you who have been adding links uh, to other uh, podcast outlets because that helps us expand our outreach, and we thank you for that. That's uh, most appreciative. I, I don't know of all of them, and um, uh, you know there are people who are a little bit more literate when it comes to <clears throat> those aspects. We also encourage you, when you're listening to the SoundCloud podcast, to go to the little grocery cart in the upper right-hand corner, which will take you to our guests' website where you can find out more about them, the work they're doing, contact them, and uh, and so forth. So we encourage you to do that. Today's program, we have a, a returning guest. And our returning guest uh, is someone who uh, has uh, been with us sharing his story of the work that he has been doing. Uh, of course, a book that he has also uh, uh, provided for us to uh, investigate, so to speak, to uh, learn more about him, learn more about the work that he is doing. Uh, my guest is Miguel Dean, and uh, all the way from the UK, thank you so much once again for joining us here on this program today. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's it's good to be here. It's I quite like the continuity. You know, when we we have a a conversation, an interview. And then, um, you know, it's like it's almost like, you know, there's a few months in between, but we just sort of pick up where we left off and there's some alignment and some rapport. And it often means we can just go a little bit deeper, you know. And that's what we want to do. We want to encourage people to go deeper because that's where we're going to find our answers. One of the aspects, Miguel, is that, that we've been talking about in the last few months and, of course, we started off uh, the year, 2020, the year of perfect vision, with a series of interviews, and I thought it was really apropos, uh, especially considering the title of the work uh, that we were featuring. <clears throat> it was a collection of stories, sacred stories, um, having to do with a transformational change, and the book was entitled Chaos to Clarity. And I thought, that's just so appropriate to get things started for the new year. And I know that there are people who are out there arguing over whether this is the beginning of a new decade or not. Uh, all I'm going to tell you is when I think of uh, from the 1900s, I think of the gay 20s or the Depression era 30s. I start with 20 and I start with 30. So you can take it from there and and go wherever you wish. Uh, because I'm hearing all kinds of conversation to the contrary, and I find that fascinating that we waste our time on such such minutia. But what I wanted to ask you about having to do with these these stories of change and and also your story in the book that you have written, but also I wanted to dive into because we talked a little bit about this. Uh, I, I know that there are there's website after website, book after book, person after person who has been writing about uh, either the sacred or divine feminine. And you focus on the sacred masculine. Uh, and I would like for us to maybe start there and work work our way forward into all of the other wonderful directions that this program goes. And talk to us first about your discovery, if you will your personal discovery of uh, the sacred masculine and its relationship to the necessity for us to go within, to go inside, to go in as deep as we can to know who we really are, as specifically as individuals. We can talk about the collective aspect later. Uh, but can you, can you share with us from your perspective how you discovered this sacred masculine uh, uh, I'll say philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I certainly can, Richard. Yeah, yeah. I could talk for a long time about that. I'll try and keep it reasonably concise. Okay. Um, <laughs> the sacred masculine. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess perhaps a good place to start is 
what I really believe is that with um, all masculinity is incomplete without the sacred. And what I mean by that really is that, you know, we, we've when we're just talking about sort of conventional masculinity, it's usually just confined to the sort of the the small self, the the ego, the the separate person, the personality, and the sacred masculine is kind of like you know it, it it connects us back with with the sacred, with source, with the fact that we are human beings having this experience in these human bodies, but that we are eternal spirit soul that is contained, that is the essence of really of who we are. And unless we come from this perspective of the sacred with the understands that everything is connected and that what we can perceive with our minds uh, or, or what we can perceive with our senses is just the tip of the iceberg and that what we can conceive with our minds is also the tip of the iceberg. So it brings in that, you know, really bigger cosmic picture. Um, and, you know, unless we really come from this place of connection and oneness and source, we're, yeah, we're just kind of like scratching the surface really of what it is to be totally all of who I am beyond, you know, what we've been led to believe uh, as separate egoic personalities, you know, that are just here for a very short time. So I guess that's, you know, uh, perhaps a, a good place to start, you know, what is, the, what is the sacred masculine? And, you know, it's something that I've stumbled across, really. I'm a very experiential learner. I'm not an academic. And I guess what initially happened for me was as a result of a load of trauma that happened to me when I was uh, a, a baby and a, a child and a young man, I was realized that I was carrying all these wounds and this trauma inside me. And it essentially, it was sabotaging all of my romantic relationships. So I began to, you know, initially looking outside, trying to fix it, thinking, oh, it must be the wrong partner. It must be her fault. It must be you know, just uh, I just haven't been lucky yet. And then I, you know, gradually began to realize that the, the answer was within me. And through a personal journey of beginning to transform and heal and uh, release the trauma that was inside me, um, I uncovered, you, you know, a whole new me, really. And, and in the process of that uncovering, I found that what I needed to do was really sort of learn to mother myself, learn to address the, the feminine, learn to address the mothering that I'd never had as a child, and also to, yeah, to discover what it meant to be a man, because I didn't really have a, you know, a, a significant male role, role model as I was growing up, really. So, you know, because I sort of started with a bit of a blank piece of paper, what is it to be a man? What is it to be a woman? I, you know, I, I, I experientially, step by step, began to reveal for me what felt most in alignment and what felt most authentic, what brought me most joy and what at the same time contributed most effectively to the people that were also in my life and, and ultimately the collective as well as I began to do more work around this uh, with others. A lot of men in particular, those who are still living under the old paradigm, and uh, um, there are a lot of them, not just in the States, but around yeah. the world, yeah. uh, they would view a lot of this as, uh, and, and I'm not even going to use the term I hear a lot of people uh, use, woo-woo, but they, 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 uh, they say, well, you're not a real man. If you, know, if you get hurt, you, you suck it up, you, you man up, and you, you keep going forward. It's kind of like... Uh, I think of uh, the the uh, you know guys playing football. You know, you get injured, get a cortisone yeah. shot or whatever it is, and get back out there and let's win this one for the Gipper or what have you. And uh, we don't show it. We're not supposed to show emotion. And then yeah. uh, when we start getting into that area of experience of of expression, if you will, that um, we're not as we're not a man. I mean, we're not being truly manly, masculine, and so forth. And of course, yeah. that goes to the 
the machismo, if you will, the macho um, uh, mm-hmm. aspects, which I suppose there is a place for that. I don't know where it is, maybe on the stage. <laughs> but uh, that's not really who we are. And we, we as men have been sold a, a, a bill of goods. I have to I have to say that I had an opportunity uh, some years ago when Robert Bly came to Santa Barbara to speak. I wanted to interview him and he actually, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to call him out or anything, but he turned me down. He said, yeah. no, I don't want to do any more interviews because I keep getting asked the same questions like, well, you haven't talked to me. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe I do have those questions as from your perspective. When does a man become a, a boy become a man and so forth and so on. But there's a whole lot more there that I would have loved to have uh, talked with him about. And and I really felt let down by the male of the species, so to speak, the alpha, because I, I used to uh, I use his book, uh, Iron John, as a primer for a men's group I had back in 1993-94. Mm. Uh, and we really enjoyed it. I mean, we learned a lot from it. You know, we learned about uh, catabasis, you know, and, and, you know, getting to the bottom of the well, if you will. And it's only yep. then that we really begin to understand who and what we are. So mm-hmm. when you start taking a look at who and what you are, obviously you're, you are in a male body, physically. Your, your physical essence is male. But th- is there a difference between being male and the sacred masculine? Yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's, it's a good point. And I think it, it, it's... You, you know what you were talking about, the machismo and stuff, you know, and I, I think that what we have been led to believe by society and, you know, the the, the guidelines as such as they are, you know, the, the macho stuff does have a place, but it's one little thin strand of what it is to be a man. You know, it, it, a man isn't macho. You know, the, that machismo is no good if the, while the man is looking after his little baby and changing nappies and, you know, and doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be terribly helpful then. There, men do have a, you know, a, a softness and, and a gentleness. And regardless of whether we are in a male body or a female body, we both have masculine and feminine principles that, are, that really have got nothing to do with gender at all. So, you know, in a way, you know, it, it, it's... There are some significant differences um, if you are in a male body. For example, you know, that there is usually a greater physical strength. And I, and I think that there is an element of that protective, safe, um, caring um, energy that, that is more, you know, dominant and, and is more there in a man. But at the same time, you know, if you... You know, if a, a mother's child is threatened, you will see the lioness, you know, mm-hmm. uh, arise from within her as well. So it's it's you know, I think we've just got so you, we, we've been living in this world of duality and we're moving towards connection and oneness and away from duality, I think, because we have to because duality has created so much pain and suffering. And so, you know, as we move back. Uh, into this oneness we realize that you know it's not really a terribly helpful to get too hung up on whether we're in a male body or whether we're in in a female body there is a time for softness there is a time for strength there is a time for vulnerability and you know in, in any macho men that are out there that think that what we're talking about is a bit woo woo I would ask, well, you know, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, how, how is it really working for you? And how yeah. is it working for society in general when we can see, you know, the massive rise in male suicides, when you can see the massive rise in um, male mental health issues, when you can see the massive rise in domestic abuse, in failed relationships, and and essentially in the you know, in the state that the that the world is in, which is largely being directed by patriarchy and, and this thin strand of false belief of what it is to be a man. 
I would say that a prime example of that happened, uh, and as of our, as of our conversation, uh, back on I think it was uh, Monday or maybe it was Tuesday, January seventh, twenty twenty, when the United States government, not its people, but the government decided. After some 16, 18, 19, 20 years, maybe, I don't know how many years, but I know it was through the previous two administrations, which were both uh, two termers. Uh, we're going to go after this one guy because he's such a barbarian and we're going to take him out. Uh, because he's killed so many people. He's been in- responsible for the deaths of so many people. We're going to take yeah. him out. And so they did. At least that's what we've been told, that they took him out. They killed him. Mm -hmm. Well, that uh, infuriated the citizens of the country to the point where they launched a bunch of missiles towards some of the the U.S. bases in that part of the world. And when I heard this, I'm going... My wife loves to use the phrase that, you know, we're, we're we're barely outside the mouth of the cave... And I said, uh uh-uh, no, no, no. We're at the back wall of the cave again because we have decided that because someone is a threat that we, rather than use diplomacy, we're going to be macho. We're going to show our toughness and our muscle, and we're going to take this guy out. Now, what I found so fascinating was following that and the missile strikes— they now, they began talking diplomat. They're now saying, okay, now we're going to use diplomatic methods to uh, resolve the existing tension. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting here going, you people have got it backward. Yeah, yeah. We haven't learned a thing. And that whole saying about how if you do refuse to learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. And that's what kept rolling through my mind when I was hearing this story. Yeah, 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 and and you know it's because the, these men that that are you know making these decisions are you know are rooted in the the false uh, premise of what it is to be man because there is no sacred in in you know in their in, in the way they're operating in their philosophy in their way of life. So you know because when you realise that everything is connected and as you do. To one you do to another, and everything, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's joined up and has an impact. It, it would seem ridiculous to, to, you know, to do something like that. Yeah. It was it, when you're connected to your heart, which is very much the doorway to the sacred, from my perspective. Then you just couldn't hurt another person. You know, you just wouldn't want to do it. It just wouldn't come into the possible options for, you know, for for solving the issue that's in front of you. And and the other aspect of that is, um, you know, that you wouldn't do that because you're going to maybe not instantaneously, uh, although I've heard the phrase karma's a bitch, um, it's going to come back on yeah. you. Yeah. It's going to come back on you. I wanted to go a, in a little bit different direction and, and dovetail off of something you said, because I thought that I think this is real important, especially in terms of trying to understand this concept of what is referred to as gender fluidity. And I'm sure you're familiar with all of this, where um, today I am feeling more like a man, male. Um, and then maybe this afternoon I might feel more feminine. I might feel more, associate more as a female. Yeah. Uh, other times, because uh, I, I, I know that, you know, there are people who really have a hard time with the pronouns, for example. He, she, they, them, we, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are other times when I feel like I'm part of the collective. And so uh, I can be referred to as we or they and that kind of stuff. And the way that you talked about the ma- sacred masculine and the sacred feminine got me to thinking that I have a feeling that that's probably what individuals who are in that mindset, that's where they're coming from. That at any given moment, inside, inside their essence, they're con- they're uh, associating or connecting with 
that particular aspect of being, like I say, uh, right now, I'm feeling very strong. I'm fearing, feeling very, um, uh, 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 very logical in our conversation. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I stay want I want to stay connected to my heart and ask some of the, the 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 sensitive questions, the tender questions, those kinds of things. Yeah. And then other times, I might say, well, you know, uh, the population as a whole and the collective uh, consciousness, and on and on. And then I kind of feel more like I'm part of the we, the 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 the, the tribe, if you will. Yeah. Is is yeah. that maybe a fair analysis of that part of our society today where that gender fluidity, so to speak, and it really isn't gender from the physical aspect of who we are, is it? It's 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 deeper than that. Yeah, yeah, to- totally, totally. I mean, I, I find increasingly that it, it almost seems paradoxical, but I I choose to live from a place of soft strength. So there is a softness, you know. There is a there's no need for me to prove anything, and you know, so much of the macho stuff is usually origin uh, arises from fear. You know, I've got to prove something. I've uh, you know, a, a, a dog is most ferocious and, and and macho when it's cornered and when it's scared. You know. So when we're fully at peace with ourselves and we know who we are, we have nothing to prove. You know, it's like this is just who I am. Yeah, I'm a I'm a beautifully flawed human being. That you know, I, I I'm doing my best, um, but I don't have to be perfect. It, you know, that's just I'm just going to set myself up to fail, and we can all just be just as we are, which is this. You know, the yin-yang symbol just kind of, you know, um, is the great visual image of this, that both are contained within the other and both are complementary opposites. So, you know, the, the, the masculine energy of being more proactive, more pushing, more out there, more logical, more structured, and the feminine energy of perhaps being more passive and, and, and soft and surrendering and receptive and listening then, you know, it's all about balance, isn't it? You know, when we bring balance, then we have health. But when things are out of balance, then we get the world that we're living in at the moment, where there has been this overemphasis on the masculine principles as directed by patriarchy and a denigration of the, you know, of the, of the feminine principles. Like, you know, as, as I just mentioned, I mean, even when I'm talking, just saying the word passive, I kind of think, oh, no, people are going to think that's a negative thing. And I'm association associating feminine qualities with something negative. But there is a time to rest and stop and be passive and just be and not do. But but busyness and action and the masculine stuff is so glorified and so mm. encouraged in our society that, you know, everybody's exhausted and everybody's just busy doing, doing, doing. Uh, largely a result of that is that they don't feel and they don't, you, you know, we don't connect with our hearts when we're too busy. Yeah, I am with you on that. And unfortunately that does a lot of harm and has done a lot of harm over the centuries, let alone the past couple, century and a half uh, yeah. to the female, the female side of the population, because yeah. not only, uh, do they uh, not only are they as the as the vernacular as the phrase goes the, the the common word in the lexicon today goes not only are they marginalized mm-hmm. but in order for them to get attention in order for them to get acknowledgement and noticed they have to start acting like the male of the species in that macho patriarchal uh, paradigm and that's yeah. that's not and that's not necessarily to say that women don't have those periods of time in their in their uh, days, weeks, months and years when they aren't there. Because, mm-hmm. as you said, you know, when a when a because uh, to me, when an, uh, when a child is in danger and the mother sees this to me, she's shifting from the feminine to the masculine in that respect and saying, you better get away from that kid or you're going to be sorry. 
I'm here to yeah. defend my brood, my cubs, my tribe, etc. cetera. Uh, but it seems as though that women have been, in a manner of speaking, brainwashed. And it's almost as if the masculine has been trying, or the, the male uh, aspect of it, has been trying to not only suppress, but maybe do away with the yeah. feminine or the, the female aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, massively, you know, and, and, and that it's kind of like, you know, that spirals out in, in bigger and bigger circles. The fact that, you know, we, we've had the the burning of witches and, you know, women that were connected with the earth and that were, you know, that, that, that understood herbs and, and healing and so on. It's been happening for you know for hundreds and hundreds of of years the the denigration of the feminine, and of course you know Mother Nature is you know it is the feminine it is creativity it is it is sexual energy as in it is reproducing all the time, and when we denigrate that and don't take care of that, you know we have the climate crisis and we have all the horrendous things that are happening to all the sentient beings, you know, all over the planet as well. It's it's really time to, you know, you, we have to come back to balance and we have to recognize and honor the feminine qualities, uh, you know, and add the masculine qualities that were perhaps um, also sort of denigrated or subjugated, you know, that, that we were told you know, it all starts, doesn't it, with good girls are nice and big boys don't cry. And from those two little statements that are, you know, imposed on our children and uh, as, as they grow up and that message that is subtly infused in movies and songs and the media and advertising and everywhere, it just has led to people a, a, you know, a, a species, if you like, that are lost to themselves. Yeah. That are really lost to themselves. And I believe that the sacred is the route back, is the, is the path back. We have to remember that we are of the earth, that we are connected, that she provides us everything that we have from our computers to our food, to our homes, to our cars. Everything comes from the earth. And, you know, if, if that isn't, um, you know, reason to be totally in reverence for, for the feminine um, energy yeah. that, that, that is present, you know, in the, in the universe, in the world, then I don't know what it is. Miguel Dean is my guest. We're talking about um, the sacred masculine in particular, at least at least for this moment in time. Uh, and uh, we also encourage you to go to his website, MiguelDean.net. Uh, pick up a copy of his uh, latest work, Bring Him Home, and it's a twin flame love story. And uh, we encourage you to pick it up and read it. Um, before we take our break here, I wanted you to uh, not, if, if you can, if we can describe this uh, on the radio here, on the podcast, uh, your logo, which is, a, if I'm not mistaken, it is a Celtic knot, but interwoven in that Celtic knot is a heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, I feel a very strong connection with the, with you know, with the, the 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 Celtic way of life. I follow the you know the the the, the seasonal celebrations, the solstices, the equinoxes, and so on, because that helps me connect to the land. So I have a strong affinity with uh, with, with the Celts, and you know, the, 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 in a way that they were my indigenous people. They were the tribes that lived on these islands. Um, you know, generations ago before the Romans came and uh, did their work and cut down all the sacred uh, oak groves where, where, where the Celtic mm. priests, the, the Druids, you know, practiced and, and, and connected, um, helped connect the tribes to, to the land and hold things together in that pathway to the sacred. So, um, yeah, the, the, the symbol is, you know, I believe that the greatest journey that, that we make, and particularly men, is the journey from our heads back to our heart. The heart is the center of of, of the sacred masculine. And, you know, the, the, there's a trinity in there as well, if you can see it on the front of the book, Bring Him Home. Mm-hmm. It's also a trinity, which is, you know, the, the masculine, the feminine. And the third is that, you know, something 
divine something extra the divine child is born when when we find balance and union and inner marriage of our own masculine and feminine and that by that divine child what i really mean is we begin to reconnect with our true power with with the truth of who we are we 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 what you know i guess what we're talking about is for me you know being able to uh, facilitate kundalini activations this kind of um, ability to um, uh, sense to know what other people are thinking and what other people are feeling to become much more intuitive and you know our sense of tele- telepathy comes back because you know the, the the people that we are i believe that you know largely that this the humans at the moment are operating at a fraction of our potential because we've been disconnected from source, which is kind of like the power. You know, once we plug back into source, we become, you know, we are divine. We are sparks of the divine. You know, we're not just these little flesh um, animals with uh, a bit of extra um, intelligence. There's so much more to us. Um, and, and I think I better shut up there because I know you've got a break coming in. <laughs> And, and, and I got a bit carried away there. I'm passionate about this stuff, as you can tell. Absolutely. And, and I can tell you that the beauty of podcasts is that you can go just as long as you want. And I love that because uh, that's, that's what we want to do is we want to share this information, share the passion, share the excitement of, of what we're doing. And, and uh, the further I go into this, the further I go into both what you are talking about, but also this program and the guests that we have and the ideas. And this year, 2020, the year of perfect vision, uh, inner vision, going within and looking at who we really are and so forth. Um, it's just something that I just feel so strongly about as well as you do that mm. I, I want to get it out there to the uh, to the to the public, to people who can really use it. Now, and, and from my perspective, uh, you, can, you can come from a place, uh, Miguel, of certainty as far as what you're talking about. And from, but from my perspective, as I share this information with people, I say, this is for me. I'm not putting this on you, the listener, at all, okay? You want to take a shot at it, go for it. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. But for me, this is important. This is valuable, and it's vital for not just my survival and thrival, but for yours as well. And that's just my opinion, uh, but my perspective is, what have you got to lose? We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Miguel Dean. Go to MiguelDean.net and find out more about the work that he's doing. We're going to come back and I think talk a little bit about some of the work that you're doing, the people that you're, you're connecting with, the uh, gatherings that you have worldwide, uh, both physically as well as um, technologically. And we'll do that when we come back here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Stay right where you are. Tell me your story. And welcome back to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. It's great to have you with us as well as uh, Miguel Dean, who is our guest today. And he's been sharing with us, of course, about the divine or uh, sacred masculine, as as he refers to it. We were talking at the end of the last segment about his logo, which is, is it's, I just really was uh, intrigued by it because of the, of course, the Celtic knot in particular, but then the infusion of the heart. Uh, and that's really what we're trying to get to is is the heart of the matter and what's really going on. And that's why uh, <clears throat> that's why, uh, Miguel, um, there in the UK, you have um, a gentleman who has been referred to as um, uh, and this is just the term that the, the phrase that they use, Britain's Donald Trump. Okay. <laughs> I wonder who you're talking about. I wonder if it might be uh, a Mr. Johnson. Yes, Mr. Johnson, B. Johnson. I don't want to get in any trouble with him. Um, he certainly has the hair for it. I can tell you that right now. But that aside, it took me uh, six months to to get out of the melees of the political uh, 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 quagmire from September of 2016 
until uh, I think it was that would make it uh, maybe January, February of 2017. And then I went through three phases, but it was the last phase to me is the most important that would apply both to our president as well as your per- current prime minister um, or anybody else for that matter, whether they're no whether they're uh, of note uh, or not. And and that was this. And I want to kind of go here uh, in, ter- in more of a general sense with the folks that you connect with, with the workshops and the seminars and the gatherings that you facilitate. Mm-hmm. And the place where I was able to finally get to, and I, I'm not saying it's the, the landing point, it's the finish line, but at least it's a place where I can, I, I can speak without generating a whole bunch of, of, of agitation within myself. And it was this one question to whomever it is that is agitating one, uh, a person. What is it that you are so afraid of that you have to behave that way, speak that way, uh, whatever it is that you're doing that is just so seems so counterproductive to the constructive of uh, constructive upliftment of society and civilization what is it that you're afraid of and it has been said that bullies in a general sense are more afraid than those they bully and so that's really where i have finally gotten to i've taken the personality out of it i've Mm. taken the politics the religion the, the you know the the race color creed out of it uh the, these individuals who agitate us or we get agitated because of them. Uh, we, and again, this is still a choice too, but nonetheless, uh, they're human beings. They have every right to be here. And we may not like the way they are, what they're doing, how they're being, but somehow it just, they just rub us the wrong way. And so I finally got to the point where I said, what are you so afraid of? What's going on? I'm not asking you to change but explain it to me so that I can understand and let really, really let it go. So I don't hurt myself any further than I have. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think if you were to pose that question, you see, we're, we're back to the head and the heart, really. You know, that, you know, to, to fear is essentially a feeling, isn't it? It's, you know, to feel fear. But I think we, we've become so many, perhaps all of our politicians, I don't know, the, major, the majority of our leaders seem to be so disconnected from their hearts. You know, it's all about the head, which is more masculine and not, you know, and, and this cut off from the heart and the, and the feelings that they wouldn't really be. It's, that it, would, they would seem, it would seem to them as if it was just a foreign language that you were speaking, really, because they'd say, me scared no there's no fear in me that because yeah there's just such a disconnect and so they you know they really probably wouldn't understand you know where you were coming from but it's you know i guess it comes back to that piece that we were just sharing that um you know that when we are when we are in our power and we know who we are then we don't have to bully we don't have to you know, when we're connected with our hearts, all we want to do is serve and, and to alleviate suffering and, you know, and to to, to help e- each other. Because we know that the, really there is no other, that, that we're all connected. And as we do unto another, we're actually doing to ourselves. Um, yeah, you know, and this leads me on to a, 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 perhaps a, a slightly often a slight tangent. But, you know, for the majority of men that perhaps sort of are more aligned with the traditional sense of what it is to be a man. You know, I would say the most important thing, role of a man is the protection and the care and the safety, uh, you know, of the young, of, of his offspring, of, of the children. And so many men would say, well, yes, you know, that's really important to me. But then if you just expand what the people's actions and what they are doing the majority of men and and people in the way that they are living is damaging and is, you know, really not taking into consideration the, 
the care of the children because when we think about you know just consuming mindlessly and um you, you know organizations that are just based on profit at the expense of others then what sort of you know what what are we doing to the resources of the planet what are we doing to the relationships of the people on the planet what are we doing to the you know to, to the climate if we really loved our children we would sit down and we would think everything that i do how will that affect my children and the generations to come and their children it, you know wouldn't that be a better way of, of of looking at things you know you hear the phrase from parents and i was just watching a program last night called uh, here in the states called undercover boss yeah and the yeah. boss dresses up the maybe the ceo of a corporation he'll dress up they'll they'll disguise him and he'll go undercover and work at a lot of the menial jobs to find out not how to do the jobs but to find out what's going on in the company what what's really happening what are the what's the morale like what, what are the people doing and he gets to know these individuals that are training him that are working with him they're told a different story of course about why he's there and this one uh, this gentleman uh, who was undercover, was uh, meeting with a gentleman who was a shrimp boat uh, captain, if you will. Uh, 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 and uh, they went to go to lunch, and he says, why don't you come with me and we'll go have lunch. I, I go home for lunch. So he got to meet the, the, the wife and the two sons and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, you know, the, and the CEO asked him, uh, so do you, do you want to, uh, you know, wh- what do you want for your kids? Do you want them to go into the shrimping business? He says, oh, no, 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 no. I want something more for them. And one of the kids was asked, so what is it that you want to be when you finish school? It's a, want to be a doctor. And so you hear that phrase. I, 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 I'm doing everything I am doing. I'm working so hard so that my kids will have it better than I did. Yeah. Well, if that's true, then why aren't you more concerned about what's going on in your city, your state, your country, in the world yeah. That you would even start to do the little things. The li- you don't have to do monumental stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like build some kind of a vacuum cleaner that will suck up all the plastics out of the ocean. You don't have to go that far. Why not be more conscious of maybe the products that you're buying in the grocery store that have packaging? Yeah. Why not be more conscious of the... Uh, uh, your travels and and uh, uh, and so forth and 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 uh, uh, why not be more conscious of the work that you do around the house? For example, uh, we live we live in the wilderness here in Santa Barbara. We live up above the the, the city, mm-hmm. and when we do lawn work, and it sounds kind of weird to do lawn work in the wilderness, but be that as it may, uh, fire protection. You know, you you cut down the weeds and trim back the trees so that you don't have the ladder fuels that climb up into the trees and and off goes the fire. Um, I don't put those into the uh, refuse receptacle. I make a big old pile way off in the distance, you know, two, three, four hundred feet away from this defensible area that I just created. And I use that to revitalize the land because it's going to break down. It's going to decay. It's going to make new, fresh, rich soil that maybe could be used down the road for, you know, maybe a garden that we might have. Some would call they maybe call this composting, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but why not do that? I, I even talked to people about how, say, look, uh, I am aware of my position on the mountain and I'm at the top of this particular uh, segment of the of the mountain I am not going to do an oil change and just let the oil spill down onto the ground and then run down the hill the next rain that comes what if I lived down below me would I want that coming my way of course not Mm -hmm. let alone seeping into the ground and possibly going into the the groundwater and we live uh, on a property where we have uh, well water what happens if that oil seeps down into the well? Yeah, yeah. So it's just these little things that we can do so that if you want a better life for your kids, do something about it, even if it is the little things. It's, it, Richard, it's, it's, it's the little things are massive things. You know, that's so often what happens is that we think that 
it's it's back to the sacred really and the connection and the realizing that we're all one and you know that if because when we when we all do little things when we all make little changes massive changes are the result it's very rare that you know that one person comes up with a massive idea or a massive change that you know shifts society or shifts the quality of life it's always about the little things but the media and so on sort of you know we, we've been brought up pretty disempowered you know we're, we're taught that if we're ill we have to go to the doctors if we you know if if we've got an issue we have to go to a lawyer if we you know all these things that we're told to go outside of ourselves yeah but if we return to our own power and realize that yeah if we do all just do little things and and that we are so much more powerful than we've been led to believe that's how massive change always happens you know the little things aren't little things they are big things little things that are consistently done result in massive changes you know and and i like you i only share my truth i only share what i know in my experience but i know that i had a a really challenging start to life that i had low self-esteem as a result i ended up with drugs crime violence and homeless and it has been little things consistently done going inside myself doing the work doing the healing contributing as much as i can to the collective that has resulted in me being in this privileged place where i am now without those little things i would still be probably well i probably i wouldn't be here i was going to say i'd still be on the streets begging but i don't think i would have made it that you know uh, this this far if i hadn't consistently made little changes to my thoughts to my actions to the things that i say and the things that i share you know we were talking earlier about um a, a, a macho act that took place on a governmental level. And after that happened, I remember seeing a news story that when they were reporting on this, that people were rushing to the gas stations to fill up before the prices went up. And I'm going, what are you idiots? Are you crazy? You know, what, what kind of a story is this? And if there were people that were doing that, I don't know that that's a fact. All I know is they were showing people at the pump uh, putting gas in their cars, which could have been file film for all I know. But to even imply that there's going to be uh, an increase in the price of fuel here in the States is to, in one sense, to incite panic. I mean, come on. And, and I got to thinking, why would this one incident cause that? Because I thought we were getting all of our fuel from our own uh, our own supply of oil that we with these massive reserves they say that we have, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, <clears throat> I've I've tried to give the media the benefit of the doubt. I really have. Uh, quite honestly, I don't know uh, about you. Uh, I try not to to tap into much to uh, radio, television, newspapers. Uh, because of the fact that it's nine times out of ten, it's just bad news. And I already know about man's inhumanity to man as long as man has been here. I don't need to be reminded. I know what's going on. So I don't need mm-hmm. to have that continual infusement. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to this aspect of the example of the sacred masculine, as we have been talking on this program today, mm-hmm. You don't see much, if anything, <laughs> except on rare occasions. I will give the media, especially the networks, network news credit for, at the very least, running a feel-good story as the last story of their newscast. <laughs> All right? So I'll give yeah. them that. I'll give them that, that they're showing man's kindness to man. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that's wonderful. I'm glad they're doing that. And I've heard it said before that good news doesn't sell. Well, with what we in the States have been through in the last three, almost four years, I think it would. Because <laughs> there are a lot of us who would rather listen to good news stories. Of mm-hmm. stories of people making it, of people helping other people. Uh, you know, even if it's because of a natural disaster, maybe, uh, or a, a wildfire, or an earthquake, or... You know, whatever the case might be, um, uh, they're out there. 
And those are the people I feel we really need to focus on yeah. to shift our awareness. What yeah. about what about there in the UK and, and, and other parts of the world that you are uh, exposed to? Yeah, you know, uh, it's a really good point, Richard. And I, I believe that your focus determines your reality. You know, what you choose to put your awareness on, you, you know, that, that energy becomes your, your, your reality, your experience. And so I'm like you, I, I don't have a lot to do with mainstream media. Um, you know, the, I guess a lot of my information comes through Facebook. I mean, I'm not big on social media, but Facebook, I've accepted that, you know, I'm, I'm in the 21st century. I, I need to engage with uh, forms of communication and uh, the way that business is conducted and so on. So I have a, a beautiful Facebook community Um yeah, yeah, Miguel Dean, Sacred Masculine for anybody out there who would like to connect with me there. And all, all my community, you know, we're, there's a focus on, on, on the Sacred Masculine. There's a focus on the evolution of humanity. There's a focus on this big shift in energy, which really seems to be happening because we can't continue, to, you know, to, to live and to exist as a species if the trajectory continues you know in the way that it that it is doing um even to the extent you know that a lot of people are now saying we've really reached the the tipping point but i believe you know that the 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 the, the darkest hour is the hour before the dawn and that you know humanity has just got really lost but the same as in my own story you know sometimes we have to get lost to get found you know we have to experience the darkness we have to We've been experiencing the the shadow side of humanity, if you like, for generations. And the tipping point is imminent by people like yourself, people like me, sharing some light, spreading some positive information, some ideas, some, you know, as, as I've done with my book, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story. It's not a book to tell you how to do romantic relationships. It's a book in which I share my own experience of how a relationship with a woman helped me re release and heal a great deal of my trauma and come home to myself. So, you know, that there is so much information out there. It, it's, it's where we choose to put our attention that will decide, you know, um, what our, how optimistic we are, how positive we are, how realistic we are about what's going on in the world. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully people are hearing that message and understanding that neither you nor I are asking them, quite honestly, we're not asking them to do anything. No. Uh, no. We'd like them to uh, take a look at themselves, take a look at their life and uh, ask, is this really where you want wanted to be? Because if mm -hmm. it isn't, you can change it. It can it can happen. Uh, yeah. But you but just as you stated, it's mm -hmm. what you take in, as I refer to it, what what it, your personal input, as I like to put it, determines mm -hmm. your outlook. And it, so, you know, it's 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 for example, <laughs> my 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 wife is very much into the high drama of television shows and movies, the police dramas, the FBI, this, that and the other thing. Okay. Not so much. I'm not so much there. But I will sit there and I will watch the, the program. And then uh, as she is falling asleep at a 10, 30 or 11 o'clock, I shift over to Hulu. <clears throat> I pull up my cartoons of uh, American Dad or Family Guy or The Simpsons or something else. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like it's like mouthwash for the brain. OK, mm -hmm. so I can laugh a little, chuckle a little, uh, clear out that other stuff and I go to sleep and I'm fine. And it's not to say that if I didn't do that, I'd, I'd have nightmares or anything. But, it, you know, it just it helps me. I want to I want to lay the head down and close the eyes and drift off at, with ease, you know, with with uh, maybe a smile on my face, chuckling at a, maybe a joke I, uh, that they they told or. Or a scene that that unfolded, I thought was funny. 
uh, or at least that it made me laugh, okay? Yeah. And I know that there are people, um, who was it? I think, if I'm correct in the history, Norman Vincent Peale, who was diagnosed with... uh, uh, maybe some some terminal illness, and they gave him, I don't know if it was six weeks or six months, and he said no. So he started watching, like, I don't know, The Three Stooges and Laurel and Hardy or comedies, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many years he lived beyond that. I, I should look that up so I have that info. But that's the power of the mind. Yeah, yeah. Incredibly powerful, yeah. We're creating our own reality with our minds. I mean, all the... All the mystics talk about how, you know, the mind is kind of like a projector, we're, you know, and uh, that we're projecting onto this kind of like movie screen of life. We're all choosing the, 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 the movie that we want our lives to be and that we want to, you know, that we, that we want to engage in, 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 in the world and in our lives. The mind, my Tai Chi teacher always used to say, mind moves first, you know, whether it's... It, you know, you have a thought that generates an emotion, the emotion generates a response or uh, uh, an action or words. So you become the master of your mind, uh, you know, through meditation, through mindfulness or whatever. And you begin to bring your power back. You begin to take your power back rather than just thinking, you know, thinking that we are our thoughts. Mm. Uh, yeah, we're kind of, you know, moving into the sort of meditation stuff or just mindfulness we, you know, with practice, you become aware that you can witness and observe and choose your thoughts. And through choosing your thoughts, you will choose your emotional state and you will choose your actions and that will determine the outcomes. And yeah, you know, we're, we're so powerful. We're so powerful. We, we have so much um, agency over our lives, but, but we've forgotten it. It's kind of like we're, the majority of people are wandering around asleep you know it's like we're sleeping gods and goddesses that have forgotten that they are you know their power and and who they really are a buddy yeah a buddy of mine told me this he says we're living in a computer program yeah okay all right he says and you know the uh, the biblical uh, the new testament passage he says you know the new testament passage where it says that if you have the faith uh as small as a uh, as a uh, a mustard seed uh, mm-hmm. If you had the faith of a uh, of a, a mustard seed, you can move mountains. He says yeah. what that means is because we live in a computer program that mm. if you can figure out the rules to the program, yeah, you can move mountains. I says, well, yeah, I can understand that metaphorically. He says, no, no, not metaphorically, literally. And we were actually in Phoenix driving towards one of. Uh, one of the, the hills there or, or mountains there within the city, uh, North mm-hmm. Mountain. And uh, he says, no, you could literally move that mountain if you could figure out the rules, the protocols of this program. Because it's all just zeros and ones. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I, and of course, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that concept. But, <laughs> but even to what you're saying, which is the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. w- we could, uh, but I, th- but again, we have been told we can't, we have been told that it's up to somebody else. Uh, I was born and raised Catholic. So it was the priest that you went to, to ask for forgiveness. You didn't go straight to God. Uh, not yeah. that you couldn't pray to God or to Jesus or to Mary, uh, but it was the priest that you confessed to, or it was the priest that you, this, that, and the other, or if mm-hmm. it was in school, it was the educator who had all the information, and that's where you got the info. Yeah. And, of course, as, yeah. as I've grown and, and, and I'm approaching uh, the age of 60, uh, uh, I found that it's not to take away from those individuals, but the reality is that we, I, you, Miguel, we have the answers right here within us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and all we have to do is, is remove <clears throat> that which obstructs the answers and which obstructs the wisdom, that, uh, that, that obstructs the energy, the, the collective consciousness, the universal mind, you know, and, and that is the fear, the trauma, the conditioning, the, um, you know, the unconscious belief programs uh, you know self-limiting belief programs that are running 
All we have to do is spot, delete, and you know, and, and transform those. And what is revealed is this whole new level of intelligence and a whole new level of power and a whole new level of of love, really, you know? It, it's there within us, but it's just kind of got covered up with a load of, you know, with a load of crap, you know? <laughs> it's a, the, the journey is, yes. so much of our journey to back to our power is is unlearning. We don't have to learn anything new because the mind, the egoic mind, you will never, you'll never really understand or get to grips with the reality of life, with the truth of life, with the mind. It's not up to the job. It's not a, you know, it's an in inadequate tool. Mm. You have to transcend the mind and you have to make that journey back to the heart and back to the connection with source. And that's when it all really starts getting interesting. Yeah. Miguel Dean, I want to thank you so much for joining us again here on the program. It's such a pleasure to, to converse with you, to share these different ideas, uh, both with uh, each other as well as our listeners. And, and uh, we really do appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate it because it helps me to, to uh, get a grasp on what it is to, to be a man in my life. Um, not to go into the details, but I remember 1993, and it was actually in September of that year that I... Uh, I I credit uh, a couple of gentlemen uh, with allowing me to become a man on on a camping trip, and uh, uh, as frustrating as it was to do that, as hard as it was to do that, it was definitely worth it. Uh, and uh, I I thank you for uh, for your insights uh, as well as the the work that you do. And I encourage people to go to your website miguel.dean.net to find out more about what you do to get involved with you in helping them, male or female, uh, to better understand the sacred masculine and maybe even to get in touch with the sacred masculine within and the feminine within themselves. And we thank you so much. Yeah, you're really welcome, Richard. Yeah, I mean, I'm hosting more tele-webinars these days, uh, you know, around the, the divine masculine, the divine union. I'm hosting a tele-webinar for for men, a sort of men's circle sharing. And of course, yeah, you know, uh, I think people, if people want to really dig a little bit deeper and get to know where, where I'm coming from, then, you know, bring him home, a twin flame love story available on Amazon and uh, most good booksellers is a good place to start. You know, it's, uh, of course, I would recommend that, it, that people check it out. And uh, I send love and blessings to every, all your listeners and, and, you know, and big thanks to you, Richard, for inviting me back again. Well, this isn't going to be the last time. We're going to have you back again to continue this because I think it's, it is extremely important to understand our role in whatever tribe that we associate with, but also mm -hmm. to also begin the process of understanding other individuals as well as other tribes for that matter. And uh, maybe that might be a conversation for another program where we talk about this whole aspect of not so much tribalism, but we all live in communities and we all associate with a lot of the same people. And there are people that drop out of our lives we wish would come back. I've been searching around for a few people myself. And I think that would make for an interesting conversation as far as the connectedness when we start to get in touch with that sacred masculine and that sacred feminine. <clears throat> um, how does that facilitate our community? How does that support it, help it, uh, and and uh, um, help our civilization, our society uh, to prosper and to grow, to move forward? I would have to say that um, I haven't really seen a whole lot of progress, especially in our country, uh, in the yeah. last 70 or 80 years, because as you have multiple parties there in the UK, as we do, uh, one party gets in and does its thing. The other party uh, will get in the next time and undo everything of the last guy. And then it, that, that uh, rinse, repeat, and uh, uh, you keep doing it over and over again. And we don't really get anywhere. So maybe that well, might Richard, be an interesting Richard, conversation. You're, you're looking in the wrong place, remember, yeah? It's no good looking to the governments. The governments, we're not going to see any change. It's the people. It's always the people. Right. And, it, and it's happening. Believe you me, it is happening. Like... Like a, you know, like a, like a seed. There's a lot going on underneath the surface before the seed sprouts and pops up above the surface and all of a sudden, you know, reaches to the light. 
there's a big shift in energy taking place and it is happening amongst the people. So you keep the faith, my brother. Yeah? Absolutely. You take good care. All right. Uh, MiguelDean.net is the uh, website. We encourage you to go there as well as pick up a copy of his book. And we are uh, really encouraging you to do that. Bring him home, which is a twin flame love story. I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true here in 2020, the year of perfect vision. Until our next broadcast podcast, I'm Richard Dugan. Love to love.